Welcome to the Push-Pull Sales and Marketing Podcast. I'm Marcello. And I'm Sherry. And each week we'll provide you with sales and marketing strategies that you can implement immediately into your own business. Today, we're going to be talking about blogging, um, particularly as it pertains to business. Um, Quick note, I really hate the word blog and <laughs> blogging um especially when it comes to business it's because a web blog a, a web blog i know yeah. blog and vlog i just don't think that it gives it enough professional credit um you prefer video diary for a blog <laughs> no and i don't know what else you would call it but i think so much time can go into that. That'd, be a, that'd be a good blog post <laughs> so much can can go into blogging and there's so much value in blogging especially when you're building a brand or building a business um, it's a huge marketing tool and I think that a lot of people see it as more of a personal medium um, and something not to be taken seriously or that is cheap um, but that is definitely not the case and I think I think attitudes are starting to shift um, companies are starting to realize that uh, blog is a huge marketing tool for them, and they need to get on board the blogging train. Yeah, um, and and just because any sort of tool or idea is is cheap, it doesn't necessarily make it make it bad. I mean, the word cheap, you know, might have some, some negative con- might have negative connotations to it. But I mean, if you have a better return on your investment, why not? You know. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. Like people might have the expectation that if they hire someone to blog. It should be cheap, just like if they hire someone to manage social media, it should be cheap because Twitter's free, Facebook's free, you can set up a blog for free. I meant in that in that kind of context. Whereas I read that totally wrong. Well, I mean, okay, I think the I think the way you're thinking of it applies too. That kind of the name of it cheapens it a little bit compared to you know you're not saying you're a journalist, you're saying you're a blogger. It has a very different connotation yeah journalists i think barbara walters i think some guy like in iran or something like that you know like who's on the scenes you know there was a street bombing and blogger i think of um some guy talking smack about celebrities i guess right right um or a girl or a girl so there's of course different ways to go about it um there are blogs out there that do talk about celebrities that talk about, you know, I have a mommy blog myself, um, you know, momshare.com, M-O-M-S-H-A-R.com. No um, E. No E, I know. Um, you know, and it's something that people make a full-time income doing. What we're going to talk more about today is how you can use blogging on your company's website and incorporate it into your company's marketing strategies to get a great return on your investment, like Marcello was saying, um, and use it to its full potential. So what would you think you need to start with for a blog? What are some of the questions that you need to ask yourself as a company or sit down and have a meeting if you have a marketing department or if you're outsourcing that? What are some things that you need to consider before you even jump in and start blogging? 
before you even jump in and start blogging, I think you need to decide who's going to do it. So if you're going to have uh, an outsider do it, I mean, you're going to have to have that person be up to speed with exactly what you want. Um, and Sherry can tell you, you know, up front, one of the most frustrating things is to go ahead and they give you an assignment, but they don't give you any sort of feedback or any sort of direction. Right. And a lot of it is just, it's, it's guesswork in, in the beginning. So if you're going to outsource it, uh, you still want to set a time with that person and, and or with the people, individuals, and really explain what you're looking for. Because um, sometimes what you think you want, you know, or maybe some ideas you have, once it's actually executed, it might not be exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, so. and it can be a two-way conversation. Um, like Marshall said, if you're outsourcing blogging, um, a lot of companies do that because when they sit down and think, ah, we could do this in-house, somebody can just add it to their to-do list. And then it never happens. Um, you know, the blog posts aren't going out. They're not being written properly. They're not seeing the return on the time investment because they're not putting enough into it. So, um, like one, one mistake a company might make is to go ahead and, and I just say, okay, well, you know, sales is the same as marketing. We'll just have the salespeople do it. Um, and some salespeople kind of do they kind of do have well, like a like, like a knack for that, but for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm paid commission skill set, and and yeah, you should be spending your time selling, right? And um, but the sales department, and I w- I'll talk about that a little bit later too. The sales department is a great resource um, for a blogger for a marketing company because they're the ones that are fielding a lot of customer questions, they're fielding a lot of customer concerns, and. The blog can be a great way to address all of those concerns. So, so but, I would say, or you would say, would you agree step one would be, are you going to do it yourself or is someone else going to do it? Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. So figure out if you have somebody in-house that either, you know, that's a good writer, that's already familiar with the company, that maybe is looking for a bump in hours or, um, you know, doesn't have enough on their plate already. Um and kind of move someone into that role. Um, I would not shy away from hiring a third party. Um, I work for a marketing company that um, outsource, you know, a lot of companies outsource their stuff to us. And, you know, I've seen firsthand that the marketing company really makes sure that they understand the businesses that they're working for. The bloggers are able to go out and do some research on their own. Um, but we also have really specifics from the company as far as what they want addressed, um, you know, their company's mission and kind of their motto, because the blog is a place where you can personalize it a little bit more and um, connect with your audience a little bit more. So once you figure out who's going to be doing this, um, you're going to figure out how often you want it to happen. It's pretty typical to do for a company to have a blog post up once a week. Um, If you're a little more aggressive, you can do two posts a week. Um, It's really up to you. If you feel like your company has so much content to share that you can consistently blog every single business day and you have somebody that can that can do that. Great. Um, You know, it's kind of the more content, the better. I would say minimum is once a week. If you're only going to be able to get something up once a month, then you need to look at other options. Um, 
but once a week and be consistent with it. So try to stay the same, the same day of the week, try to stay around the same time. You know, you're similar to like a TV show, you know, people tune in because they know when it's going to be on, they know what to expect and people will come back to your site looking for a new post. And if they don't see one, um, it gets frustrating for the reader and they might stop coming back and checking. Yeah, that's, and that's one thing too, like a lot of the way the websites are set up, the most recent blog will be, it'll be right on the, it'll be right on the front. So like my company, it'll have the date and it'll show the blog. So if they see, oh, hey, it hasn't been done in like in two or three weeks, you know, yeah, and people are coming back. But if they see something that's new, it gives them a reason to kind of look into that and then not maybe click away or, or, or to, you know, or just kind of learn a little bit more about your company. So you can do this for attracting new customers or you can do it to you know to kind of retain or to keep the attention you know top of mind uh, right and to become you know one of the industry leaders you know to show that you know what you're talking about to show that you're at the forefront of your field um and to communicate that so that people are coming to you as a resource um you're also going to have to determine before you start um you're going to have to find your voice in writing. You want a consistent brand presence across different outlets, and hopefully you've already established that for your company. You just need to figure out how that's going to look um, in terms of blogging, and it kind of goes hand-in-hand with social media. So some companies can get away with, you know, I shouldn't say get away with. Some companies do really well with a very casual conversational, joking kind of um, way of writing and sharing. Um, Other companies need to be a little bit more buttoned up and professional. Um, But you do want to be careful that you're not writing at too high of a level. Um, The online world has kind of dumbed down everything for us a little bit, and people prefer to read things at a lower grade level, even people who have very high intelligence and have, you know, might have a doctorate, um, you're still, if you're browsing on your phone, if you're, you know, on your computer scrolling through things real quick, you want it to be easy to digest and easy to get the information and run with it. I mean, keep in mind, people's attention spans now are short and shorter. There's a lot more happening going on. So even if it, even if it is good content, if, if if it's way too convoluted or anything like that, we, like we have that, we have that yeah. one friend that he'll like post you know these articles and put like these like commentary and stuff like that, and right. it goes long, on and long, 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 and it can really can be explained. Once you get to the end of it, yeah, it's a good point, but you can kind of get it digested in a, in the percentage in of people that would actually go through that and read it is a small percentage and you really want to be reaching your audience where they're at grabbing them quickly and keeping them you know from clicking to the next tab since they probably have about 10 open one thing for finding your voice too um if you have multiple people writing for the company each person can kind of have their own spin Mm -hmm. but you should have it fairly consistent one company uh i saw their blog and it drives me crazy because one article would be very, very, you know, uh, informative and talk about mm-hmm. the industry and all that stuff. And the next article would be like, oh, uh, top 10 Super Bowl commercials or something like that. Right. Or like, uh, right. you know, it's just like, it oh, we ran out of ideas. It was and it all shouldn't over the be, place. It shouldn't be just clickbait either. You know, you want to still be professional. And I would really recommend just having one blogger 
if possible, do really? all of the content. If you have, but if, it, if the company's doing it, though, you If you're have... doing five times a week, that's different. But if you're doing one blog post a week, I would prefer everything to get filtered through one blogger. Well, you can also have it, though, now where you can see who the author was. So then you have different That's a little bit different. So you can, if you feel like you do need to have multiple people, I would definitely recommend having them sign off, like sign each of their things or have their picture at the forefront so that people get to know those faces and they get to know their styles. Um, as far as finding your voice, I do have an ebook um, available on Kindle. And if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can download it for free and read it. Um, otherwise, I think it's like two ninety nine right now. It's a steal because um, I mean, you also you have conferences on you know. Yeah, you know. so it's based off of a um, a speech I did at a WordCamp conference um, and was able to turn it into uh, a short ebook because I'm all about getting the information across as quickly as possible and in a way that's really clear but really helpful. Um, so if you're interested in going in a little more detail before you dive into blogging, um, either for personal or for business stuff, I would definitely recommend, um, what's the name of the, checking that out of the book. So the book is called find your voice and use it effectively strategies for successful content creation for bloggers and copywriters. Um, I do have the link in our show notes on our website, pushpullsales.com. And like I said, you can read it for free on Kindle Unlimited. Um, or you can go ahead and buy it because you know you have two ninety nine laying around and it really helps us out. Um, For three bucks, if, if, if it's going to help your business, you should, you should spend the money. Might as well. Um, and while we're on the topic, if you like what you're hearing so far, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Um, this is how new people can find us and it helps, you know, helps us move up the ranks. And yeah, to share it on Twitter, share, put it on Facebook. Share it anywhere. Um, you can share the website, pushpoolsales.com. You can go to a specific episode. You can share it right from iTunes. Um, if you have any questions or any feedback or suggestions, um, anything you'd like us to talk about in the future, you can email us at pushpoolsales at gmail.com. <laughs> yep, or She's tweet us. Me. Or tweet us at pushpoolsales. Um, and like I said, we have show notes on the website as well. Um, so once you kind of figure out who's doing it, who's doing it, what, how, how they're how, doing it, how often, how often they're doing it, and then um, a, a voice, finding their voice, and then you're going to really think about what you're going to write about. Um, so it's not as much the style or the schedule, but what is the content going to be week to week? And just, just what's going to bring in new leads? What's going to convert or push, you know, push current leads through the sales process a little bit? What's going to get them closer to buying your service or product? Now, one thing, and maybe you didn't clarify that, um, in terms of finding your voice, you really mean, are you going to be more serious in the actual tone, correct? Like, is this going to be more humorous? Is this going to be lighthearted? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all of that. And I kind of go a little bit more in depth as far as... You're going to have to get the ebook. Yeah, <laughs> I can't give too many spoilers away. But that's kind of the gist of it. And figuring out, um, you know, it, it talks about some, if you're starting a personal brand, it's really helpful for that. Um, because finding your voice for a personal brand is 
huge. And um, you can have an, an individual blog for just, just just for own personal stuff, and then also do and also do for the company. So even if you are like a, um, I would if you, actually if you're a recommend shop, if, if, if you're, you're starting that. to blog for your company, I would absolutely recommend starting your own personal blog, just so that you get that extra practice. There's nothing that can compare to just writing. And you're going to learn the technical aspects of blogging, too. If you're the one that has to do some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, you'll be able to experiment on your own site. You'll be able to try some new stuff. You'll be able to see what works and what doesn't. And you're really going to improve your writing and improve your improve your efficiency if you're doing it often. And one thing I would recommend, and this is not just for, for blogging or always have something to, 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 to jot an idea down with. Always have a paper and, and Yeah, I mean, and, at least and, we and always carry our smartphones around, which is helpful. Yeah, that's, that, and that's Throw why. Throw it I, into Evernote or... And that's why I like the note, because I can do the handwriting. I remember it better if I, if I write it out. Um, but, yeah. you, I mean, you, you'll definitely be surprised, because you might think, ah, oh, well, I blogged about this, I blogged about that. And then once you get into it, then, you know, you might think, oh, I'm going to run out of ideas. Yeah. Um, but you could be just any conversation you have. I mean... Yeah, I, I did a blog uh, for my company. I was talking to uh, talking to an old friend of mine, um, and we we're talking about uh, Uber uh, and how it might relate to the trucking industry. And I was like, you know what, that would, that would, that, you know, would make a really good blog topic. And I tried researching it and stuff like that, see if anyone else blogged about it. Uh, and, and you know, I was I, I was the first to do it. Um, yeah. So if, if if you can be the first to talk about a certain thing or, or you know, it, it definitely helps because people are going online. They're searching for, for yeah. information. And I think that's the other thing, too. I mean, you're, you should be cats. thinking about, yeah, you should be thinking about it throughout conversations, but you should also be surrounding yourself with with good content. You should be surrounding yourself with stuff related to that industry or related to just writing in general. Um, you know, don't subscribe um, to a bunch of newsletters that are just going to be noise or um, aren't going to match your voice or your purpose. Try to really, you know, because we tend to just imitate what we hear, what we see, what we read. So make sure that the, the stuff you're taking in is quality so that you can be putting out quality work. Um, but it also applies to, you know, when you're trying to come up with blog topics, um, you're going to want to think about what your audience wants to read. Um, currently, I do weekly blog posts for a storage shed company. Um, and sometimes we talk about the storage shed and how it's built and some of the features of it. But really, that's not what's going to draw new people in. Um, think about if you write a blog post and share it on Twitter, what is your target customer actually going to click on if they're not familiar with your product already so if you're trying to generate new leads well you're gonna you're gonna do um justin bieber's latest girlfriend or you won't believe what justin bieber did <laughs> yeah well really no, the storage sheds you, you we do you stuff you don't want to do clickbait right we don't uh, necessarily unless you're running a celebrity site then go for it but if you're writing about storage sheds i'm not gonna write about justin bieber but our target, our target audience is um, mostly women, and we then I get to blog a lot about, you know, organizing your shed or creating an art shed, um, you know, Pinterest-worthy things where these women want to 
either they want their husband to have a workshop out in the backyard that they don't have to deal with the tools and the mess and whatever, or they have their own storage space that they want to organize and make beautiful. Um, The thing that was kind of going around a little bit and was even mentioned on Jimmy Fallon was the she shed where the equivalent, the female equivalent of a man cave. Um, So they were decorating these sheds and making them gorgeous with plush furniture and beautiful colors and, um, you know, tea sets. You're not living in a shed. It's like an outdoor space. Like a sunroom? Kind of. Kind of. Okay. So anyway, so this trend was going around. So, of course, keep an eye out for those trends and hop on it when it's applicable. Um, But don't just stick with a trend because it's trendy if it doesn't apply to your business. It's going to throw off customers. They're going to get annoyed. Um, Anything on your blog should work seamlessly with the rest of your website, your company's site. Now, can you talk a little bit about how much of the blog should be informational and how much of that is is, a, is, is self-promotion? Like, 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 what would you say would, would, would be a good a good balance? Because sometimes, I mean, you do have to say, like, hey, you know, yeah. my company is the best, but in the same token, yeah. you know, you have to give information. Yeah. Um, it's hard because we really try to stay away from self-promotion. You really, really want to push... And like you've said in previous podcasts about sales, you want to push the value. Um, You want to push, here's your problem. Here are some solutions. We have one of those solutions. And creating that, um, the value there, you know, obviously you're going to have to encourage them to click through at some point and actually buy the product. But you saying we have the best sheds on the market. Mm Mm-hmm isn't going to get anybody to click. But but in terms of the, I mean, maybe, maybe that's more so for social Percentage media. Wise. Yeah, like maybe 90% like yeah. fun fun facts, information, and maybe 10% like uh, an actual promotion and stuff like that. Like, you know, if you see yeah. stuff. Right. People, uh, people get very annoyed very quickly if you only are posting about your own stuff. And I would also recommend you should be sharing other people's content as well in the industry. Um, we're getting I don't away. Like to do that. I don't like to give anyone else credit. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, and it doesn't have to be a direct competitor that you're sharing, but you know, still going on the shed example since I do it every week. You know, one of the um, main reasons this company's audience buys sheds is to store like ATVs and motorcycles and stuff like that. So I'm going to be sharing information about motorcycles, about riding, about new um, all-terrain vehicles that might be coming out. Um, You know, that kind of lifestyle, you can be sharing stuff like that, where it's not a direct competitor, but it's something related to what your customer is interested in. Um, How about length? Length for a blog post. Um, 400 to 500 words should be the minimum Mm -hmm. um and i wouldn't recommend going much over that okay so that's that's really the ideal range that's kind of the sweet spot i feel like of course it depends your industry um you know if you are going way in depth with more um advanced stuff and you feel like your audience wants to read in depth and wants to really research and get into the nitty-gritty go for it i mean up that word count but uh Typically, people are browsing um, 
for a lot of products and services. And you're also going to want to mix in um, some seasonal stuff, and that kind of is similar to the trendy stuff. So, you know, if Halloween's coming up and somehow that apply, you know, applies to your business, then, then great, do a Halloween post. But you want to make sure that you have plenty of evergreen posts, which means that you can share them anytime throughout the year and they're still applicable did you coin that phrase i never heard that no evergreen no i didn't coin that phrase um i think it's a blogging community marketing phrase um because you don't want the post to live on your blog for a day or a week and then just never be seen again so you should be sharing old posts regularly they should be in the lineup they should be in the mix of social media and newsletters um and bringing them to attention because why put all that work into it week after week if it's never going to be seen again? Now, were you also planning on talking about images and stuff like that? Like, do you recommend a certain number of pictures or no pictures or one picture? Um, again, it's really going to depend, and different people have different ideas for this. You have to have at least one picture. Um, If you are a company who's doing this seriously as a marketing tool, you know, it shouldn't be the blogger going on Google Images. Um, It shouldn't be the blogger taking their own pictures, typically. If you are um, an established business, you might have a photographer that that has stuff. You probably already have product images. Everything this needs is to look expensive. I see what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it it does. It does. And there's time, you know But it's worth it. Yeah, a lot of marketing companies, I mean, what goes on behind the scenes is is the research, is the communication, is the strategy, is the social sharing, is the writing of the actual post, is optimizing that content so that, you know, SEO is correct and things are working correctly and it's laid out well on a typical desktop computer, but it also looks great on mobile. Um, it, it has, there's a photographer that has taken pictures and you're finding those, but then the graphic designer is turning them into a branded kind of design for each post and f- different image sizes for each social media post um so you know a lot goes into it but like we said at the beginning it's something that would really recommend doing and diving into um the blogs give you content to share like we talked about they they give you New leads can come in through those resources. A lot of inbound marketing stuff yeah, revolves around. For my company, we, we get a we get a lot, and that kind of backpedals a little bit. Um, you know, if if a customer has a question about a certain thing or, or something like pretty technical, like how to yes. how to properly classify, uh, you know, a certain uh, freight freight class or something like that, or how to or how to look something up, uh, and, and very much so for the uh, international side of the business because there's. Not a lot of uh, information on that, so it's funny when whenever we have new hires and, and new employees, uh, we'll just tell them like if you want to find an answer for something, or if you have a question, uh, if you type it in, in in our search bar, we probably already blogged about it. So it's yeah. it's it's nice when an employee can be like, okay, well, what about this? And they go on Google, and Google takes them Back to your to own your company's site. website. Then yeah. you know that that you are you know you're yeah. definitely on the right track because if your own employees when they're learning and stuff like that. Uh, an everyday person is going to find you too. So, I mean, you definitely want to 
go back and, and circle in scenarios or questions that your customers might have or, or questions that, that, that you think that the customer might have. Don't assume that everything you know, the client knows. It might not be common knowledge. These are people who've been in the industry for a very long time and they're still looking for additional information. So if you can provide that, they're going to come to you first. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up too because I did want to circle back to that, that um, the sales department or anybody at the company, if you're outsourcing to a different marketing company for blogging, um, it's absolutely important to have those frequently asked questions. If there's a concern that keeps coming up time after time in the sales process, um, you know, that's something that could very well be addressed through a blog post. Um, I would encourage you to even send out a survey to current customers and just kind of a, how are we doing? What are some concerns? You know, what do you feel like we're doing well? What's something we could do better? Um, you know, kind of asking those kind of questions and you're going to get a lot of content ideas based on that. You can use testimonials as blog posts with their permission, of course, um, you can personalize your business a little bit more with featuring employees on in blog posts from time to time. Um, you I, know, I would be interested too to see. I mean, because there's there is some overlap too. I mean, the difference between a blog and a white paper and a newsletter and what content goes where. Yeah. So hopefully, a lot of the content you're able to use in a couple different formats. So obviously, whatever you're writing on the blog, you're sending out on social media. Um, stuff you're writing on the blog can also be incorporated into newsletters. Um, if you write a content offer like a white paper or an ebook, you're also writing a blog post about it. Um, that's a little bit of a shorter summary, getting them to click through to that. I, content I, and I, 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 if I'm looking for information, I personally like the blog post better than the actual e-paper because sometimes I really just want the information and maybe I'll go back to the company and, and see if it might be a viable option or anything like that. But even me, and this is funny because I'm, 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 I'm a salesperson where it says, all right, well, if you want the white paper, you're going to give me your email address. You have to address. give your email address. And, and that's then, where if boom, you get a call within a minute and it's like, uh, did, did, did you like the information I sent you? like, I didn't even read it yeah, yet. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that. But the purpose of content offer is to, you're giving it away for free. No, that actually is a timing Financially. Thing. It, is, it is recommended to get a hold of them right away and say, okay, why did you want that? Not every single person. Well, you should be able to set it up too. Like typically, you know, if, if your content offer is valuable enough, you should be able to get them to answer maybe three survey questions or whatever. Um, and enter their email address. And they're giving you that information because they feel like the content offer has enough value that they can give up that personal information. They can always unsubscribe. They can, but people are getting pretty stingy with it. With um, what? Email addresses. Yeah. I mean, we get so much email, we, we hate to... And at least things have been changed where, like, almost every email you get now has a quick unsubscribe option that didn't used to be the case i mean some things were seemed pretty impossible to unsubscribe from but content offers could be it's it's whole other thing um but as far as blog posts so figure out who's doing it figure out when they're doing it figure out how they're doing it figure out 
what they're going to be writing about. Um, check in with your audience. Really try to think about um, your target audience. And if you can get a blogger that matches your target audience persona, that's all the better. And one thing, and just a, a, a quick tip, I like saying quick tip, um, would be to really spend a, a good amount of time and be consistent with your categories and with your tags as well. Because if they click on a tag and there's only one thing in that tag, it's not really worthwhile you even had. If you're going to yeah. blog about something, you're going to do it repeatedly. If it's worthwhile for you to tag it or to categorize it, you should definitely do that. And, you know, you really shouldn't have anything that actually is on categories because you do want it to be neat and clean. So if they want to dive yeah. into a topic more, yeah, allow and them you to want to be that. linking to other posts within your blog posts because you want them on your site absorbing as much information about your company and about their particular problem and your particular solution for as long as possible. So you should be, you know, showing here's some related articles, here's something else you may be interested in. You know, you read this, this, and this, and now you might actually be interested in giving your email address to download an ebook. Um, you might be at the point where you're ready to request a, co- a quote or, um, you know, those kind of things. So definitely, you know, starting out, it's hard and it seems overwhelming, but you quickly build up that database of valuable content that you can use strategically within your site. And if possible, if you can have uh, a comment section. Uh, where people can actually comment, and you could probably do another podcast just on that, on how to respond to clients and stuff like that, because sometimes people ask really good questions right after right after the blog post, but then mm-hmm. sometimes you might have some maybe negative things or people, you know, put in there, so I mean, you should definitely have some filters there. I mean, you don't want to make it so it's a, um, you know, yeah. big brother state, but in the same some token... Some people recommend turning off comments altogether and pushing everybody to social media. I like, but I like, like you have, said, that's, like that's approval, another... The approval process and someone yeah. asks a question and a lot of people might but, might like that or might yeah. might find it valuable i'll approve the comment yeah and also put a uh but depending answer. on the the amount of traffic just approving contents can turn into hours upon hours of filtering through so much of it but is i fan. mean but yeah but like you said that's kind of a, another another area to consider um But hopefully that kind of gives you a good overview as far as um, blogging for your business. You know, obviously it's definitely recommended. It's a great strategy. It's a great marketing tool. Um, And I think once you get into the swing of things and once you you start putting out that content consistently, you will really see the benefit. Um, But I think that wraps things up for this week. We wanted to thank bensound.com for our intro and outro music. And thanks to you guys for listening. You can tune in next week where we'll tackle another topic. And if you have any questions or feedback on today's episode, head to pushpoolsales.com. Again, if you need to email us, pushpoolsales at gmail.com. And you can tweet us at pushpoolsales. And we'll talk to you later. See ya.